Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, and that's Doug. You, dude. Uh, what's up? Dude, not much. I mean, I'm not I'm not really sure why we're meeting today. I mean, there's not really anything to talk about. You want to bet? <laughs> uh, you see what I did we're, there? We're out of the info <laughs> desert for the Sharks, dude, and we're out of the info desert in a big way. <laughs> Dude, uh, I would wager we have some things to talk about. <laughs> uh, where do we start? I don't, I, even, I, mean, uh, I don't even know. Let's go back in time. Okay. Let's go back in time to the expansion draft, because I think that that is the right. first thing that happened, and actually what happened right before the expansion draft are the sort of flurry of... of Roster moves that happen across the NHL as the protection lists occur and the Sharks acquire goaltender Aiden Hill from the Arizona Coyotes, who I had completely forgotten, have moved to the Central Division. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was kind of bummed about that. I was like, oh, maybe actually some wins. But uh, Arizona, now of the Central Division, have basically uh, gutted themselves of all redeemable talent, including Aiden Hill. Dude, um, what do you think about Aiden Hill in Teal? Uh, he's cheap and he's not bad. I like that. <laughs> Those are two things we didn't have in a goaltender previously, so I'll take that. Well, I would say we don't know that he's cheap. He's uh, unsigned. I mean, he's a restricted free agent and, um, you know, I... I don't know what his uh, price tag would be. I mean, you look at this is a very similar situation to when the Sharks required another young, unproven goalie in Martin Jones right. five years ago, right? But they didn't give Jones his contract immediately. They so. Well, he got a, I believe he signed a three-year, $9 million deal. So will we see Aiden Hill pick up a, a similar type deal in only 49 games of NHL experience? That's basically what Martin Jones had. Um, possible, I think, right? That's not going to break the bank, but this guy's played 49 games, dude. It's not like, um, you know, he, he he's... Uh, the reviews are mixed on right. Aiden Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... People are jumping out of their skin, you know, to give a glowing review to this player. Some people think this is a good, low-risk gamble. Others think this is a player who uh, is not a exceptional NHL-level goalie. We're well, going to find out. Well, we, we certainly know a thing or two about non-exceptional <laughs> goalies. We've um, been watching that for two, three years. That's right. And and certainly, I, I would be so surprised to see the Sharks give Aiden Hill any kind of sweetheart deal because of what has happened recently in the Sharks bring the band back together and get James Reimer. And this is clearly... If Aiden Hill was the only game in town, and it was him... Or well, Coronar obviously went the other way. So now I'm trying to remember the uh, current uh, 
um, Barracuda goalie, which I am uh, blanking uh, on at the moment. It's uh, Mel, uh, uh, Mel Nichuk. Yeah, Mel Nichuk. Yeah. Um, and if, Sachenko. If it was Aiden Hill or Mel Nichuk, then maybe I might be slightly scared that the Sharks would pony up uh, too much money to keep him. Uh, but now that James Reimer's here, this is obviously going to be a hot hand plays kind of situation. And it should be. Absolutely. 100%. And so I, I think the James Reimer uh, acquisition is a good one because this is basically telling the kid, listen, this job just isn't yours on a silver platter. We got another guy who's played a lot more games than you in the NHL, and we'll happily start him instead. So too bad. you know, This sure. isn't the James Reimer versus Martin Jones situation where Jones had four more years at $6 million. This is a kid who has not yet been proven a number one goalie and he's not just going to get it automatically. So, I, you know, in terms of what the Sharks have done uh, in this situation, I can't say I have too much of a problem with it. If they do sign him for $4 million a year, I'm going to be upset. But I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you, you look at the comparison, dude, and maybe Martin Jones is one comparison. You look at the Carolina, young Carolina goalie who was traded to Detroit. Yeah. Which... Honestly, that really made me angry yes. that if that was the player that was available, that they didn't go with him. I mean, he uh, was, you know, I think in the Calder conversation last year, he had a 1.90 regular season goals against with a 932 save percentage, and he played nine playoff games and it had a 2.17 goals allowed with a 920 save percentage. This guy was available for Jonathan Bernier mm-hmm. and. I can't third round. and a third rounder and we gave up Coronash who I'm sorry who cares and a second right so what why gives with that dude why don't we get that guy instead why didn't we get that guy instead that's a really good question and uh, and I want it answered <laughs> I mean I demand an <laughs> I, that made me angry like I yeah. I really was very frustrated by that because on paper and actually on ice. This player is better. Like, yeah. this player is better. And it really makes you go, why would Carolina give this guy up? Mm-hmm. Like, why? It's not like, the, you know, they're rolling out the, you know, Maple Leafs goalie reject. Yeah, yeah. And the player in Ranta, who's always hurt. Yeah. That's so they chose to do that over keep the young goalie. It's a little odd. It smells a little fishy, but that guy re-signed for two years, six million. So you got to figure the Sharks aren't going to give Aiden Hill more than that, right? I, I think you're right. So I, I hope so. We'll find out. They're they're in the you know it's going to arbitration. Maybe you got to think that they won't want to start the relationship with Hill like that. But um, they'll probably come to an agreement before the arbitration hearing. But they are sort of in that process. Okay, we're talking about goalies, dude. So Martin Jones. Bye-bye. 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 This, you know, they went they went down to the to the to the wire on that one and I really thought they wouldn't. I thought they were going to keep him. I thought they weren't going to buy him out. And I think the the morning of the final day of the buyout window, the Sharks finally waved Martin Jones and so you know, it's about time, I think, you know. And and certainly you have warm feelings towards how he played when they went to the cup and all those sure. kinds of things and and unfortunately, it's professional sports, and it's what have you done for me lately? And I'm sure Martin Jones is a 
perfectly fine person. And unfortunately, he is a below replacement level NHL goalie at this point. So is Chuck Fletcher high for signing Martin Jones for $2 million a year it, for one year? What is he doing? I think that and, I mean, we're getting a little far afield here, but the Ristolainen trade was awful, too. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. I mean, but that is, dude. I like know. Martin Jones has been... Arguably the worst goalie not named Braden Holpe in the NHL. Yeah. And both those dudes found jobs. Like, Maybe you know? he wanted Martin Jones to f- follow in the very prestigious footsteps of Michael Layton. <laughs> I mean, certainly the Flyers have probably not had a great goalie since... Well, they do. They have, I mean... Ron Hextall? Sure, but... Like, you've got Carter Hart, and you want to push him with a real strong veteran, so you bring in Martin Jones. Uh, yeah. Right now, listen, I wish him well. I hope he, he rebounds. I don't think he will, but I, I, I hope he will, dude. Anyways, Sharks have different goaltending, right? Which I think we can uh, say that that is an improvement upon last season. Although I am a little unsure about what they could have maybe had for the same price yeah. that they gave up for Aiden Hill, but clearly it's not like they didn't they didn't know that that was probably available to them. Right. So they chose Aiden Hill. So uh, we shall see. The Sharks lose Alex True in the expansion draft. Right. Do, do we care? No. <laughs> the the more interesting story was something that we talked about a lot during that week after all that came to light as to who the Sharks were protecting. And the Sharks chose to protect all of their players. And we had had sort of a little bit of fun on the last show about how I would not protect anyone. And I would basically, everything that's not nailed down, I would leave uh, available for the Kraken to take. Um, One thing that I'm not sure if we appreciated enough is that uh, certainly it was pretty clear that other than like Mark Giordano, the Kraken weren't going to take any of those players. And it would have certainly hurt uh, their relationship with the team if you expose them, right? Because everybody knows. Everybody in the world knows that. Sure. But so, we saw a lot of creativity around the league in this regard. Though. Yes. Gabriel Landeskog exposed. Carey Price exposed. Carey Price asking to be exposed. Basically, yeah. he said, hey, um, let's. they're not going to take me because right. I'm hurt. Um. I don't want you to lose Jake Allen, so expose me, right? And we'll sort of dare them to to do it. And reportedly, they considered it, but in the end, you know, if Carey Price is going to miss you know time next year, and he's you know on the in the later stages of his career and on a big deal, they decided not to do it. Right? Yeah. Nashville exposed basically all of their high priced forwards, right? right? And they just dared Seattle take Duchesne, take. Johansson, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, other teams got really creative in terms of acquiring players uh, when they had exposure spots to give up, right? Yeah. Like, for example, the defenseman from Colorado, Graves, right, gets traded to New Jersey uh, because Colorado knew they were going to have to expose him, but uh, didn't want to lose him for nothing. So if you're the Sharks and you have players that you don't mind if the Kraken take, why wouldn't you acquire a player that you want to protect 
and you you expose or you talk to Mark Edward Vlasic and you say, listen, let's be real. They're not going to take you, right? right? Yeah. Can you help us out here? And we want to acquire an asset like Ryan Graves. It's going to make our team better. And you wave your no move. They're not going to take you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the Sharks get better. Right. 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 They didn't do any of that. Yeah, you're right. And it's and it's frustrating because I think the word you used, which is the most useful one here, is creativity. It seems other teams had this creativity in trying to figure out what's the best way to retain the players that they wanted. They were very creative in how they did certain things. You know, you leave a guy like Gabriel Landeskog exposed. If I were the Kraken, I would have taken him. I, I don't really understand why the Kraken didn't take him. Well, I know all, they, all, all they got would would have been his negotiating rights, essentially. Yeah, that, right? I guess that's true. But you could, I mean, I guess you could probably talk to him. But I would I would have put the money on the table. I would have said, you want to make $9 bucks a year? We need a centerpiece of this franchise. Right. You know, and Gabriel Landeskog, you try to butter him up a little bit. You're like, listen, dude, I mean, you're a great player, but this is the Nathan McKinnon show here in Colorado. Right. You want to be the man? Right. Be the man. We're going to be a playoff team in a bad division. You want right. to be the head of a playoff team in the bad division? Let's do it. Right. Right. You know, I would have made that case if I were if I were the GM. But anyway, all that aside, it's it is frustrating and, and annoying that the Sharks chose not to be creative. They in this protected way. players that they clearly don't want, <laughs> or they still do want, and you wonder why they still want them. Right. Yeah. I mean. Certainly, we're going to be talking a lot about Evander Kane in this show. You know, spoiler alert for those of you who didn't figure that out already. But, you know, there's reports coming up that the Sharks tried to trade him earlier in the summer. Why would you not expose him? You're trying to trade him. Yeah. Like, I mean, think, you think the, the Kraken's not going to take him? You want to get rid of him. without the allegations that have come out in the last few days, which we'll talk about, like, this is a player that we knew, you know, uh, six weeks ago that in exit meetings, Sharks players express that they do not want him around anymore, right? Why would you and, not expose him? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can't figure that out at all. Like, yeah. why would you not expose him? It is, to me, the only explanation is that same knock on Doug Wilson that we have heard discussed by people who I respect their insider knowledge, like... Elliot Friedman, that the Sharks overvalue their own players in the in the eyes of other GMs. Yeah. And if Doug Wilson stubbornly thinks that someone's going to take Evander Kane yeah, yeah. or Martin Jones, that they were trying to trade Martin Jones. Like, what? Who, what? Who's Why? Take yeah. Why would anybody give you anything for him, right? right? Yeah. So even Philadelphia, who clearly was interested in him, they don't want him for three more years. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, I think that was a fumble by the Sharks that they, a team that over the last, you know, tenure, this, you know, two decades has shown a lot of creativity and a lot of their maneuvering showed a real lack of creativity around this expansion draft. And that's certainly a tick mark in the column of people who want Doug Wilson gone. However, a tick mark, possibly a tick mark in the column of Doug Wilson doing a good job would be the free agent signings that have happened since UFA Day. The, the Sharks went and they got two useful players for a reasonable amount of money. And, and to be perfectly honest, this is not something I expected. <laughs> I, I did not expect the Sharks to get really any reasonable players. 
And I, I didn't really expect them to get reasonable players for reasonable money. And they got two. And, you know, for that, I think Doug Wilson deserves some credit. Is Andrew Cogliano a first line forward? No, he is not. Okay. You know, he's not, he's not a game changer. He's not going to slot in where Evander Kane was in the lineup. But he is a, he's exactly what the Sharks said they wanted, which is a bottom six useful forward. He's that. I, I have no problem. I have no problem with this. Yeah, dude. I mean, are the sh- Sharks a better team on like in their depth chart today than they were when the season ended? Yes. I mean, of course. Nick Padino is a real bottom six NHL center. Like, Absolutely. He, he's won two Stanley Cups, a original Sharks prospect, right? That and you got him for you know nothing basically you got got him for two years uh four million dollars total cogliano on a basically a almost a minimum deal right both guys supposedly good friends and good dudes right so you're bringing in some camaraderie to a team that needs it pretty desperately right yes and they will be better players than what we've seen in that bottom six over the last couple of years. So, yes. I mean, um, positive steps. Positive steps. Makes no mistake, this doesn't fix the major issues that we've talked endlessly about on this podcast. No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I think the Sharks will not see a big change in their results until they address the core issues on this team, which is the core of this team. Right. And if they're going to roll out the same group of guys with these sort of changes around the edges. This is not a playoff team. Well, dude, I think it's time to dive into the big issue, right? The the big issue that has sprung over the last three days or so. And this is, of course, the issue of Evander Kane allegedly betting on NHL games. It's well known that uh, Evander Kane has had his uh, history of gambling in the past, is in personal bankruptcy because of it uh when i went to that vegas game there was a chant to pay your marker because he famously owed money to vegas casinos the guy's got a gambling problem it's no doubt you know and that and that's one thing and, and unfortunately or fortunately uh you know there's a lot of pro athletes that do that uh unfortunately it seems like he was the allegation is he was betting on nhl games and even sharks games which is crazy uh from his wife and this is just a really ugly affair so a wonderful affair if you're a, a tabloid writer or a sports writer, but it's just terribly ugly that his wife is posting just truly nasty things about him repeatedly in the press. He's denying everything. He's denying that he bet on games. He's going to be open to the investigation and the NHL is investigating now and the Sharks don't really have any comment, but this is just like, this is the worst, right? I mean, it's, it's the worst personally for Evander Kane it's a terrible black eye from a public relations standpoint but I think I texted you the night we found out I said is this manna from heaven (laughs) yeah dude I mean uh first of all you know they they clearly are going through a very ugly separation right now and just brutal and we can like really bad and and anyone can say anything they want on social media unchecked right so i think that 
<laughs> it's hard to not go. I mean, do you believe it? Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't not believe it. I don't. It. I, I mean, I think it's possible, right? Of course. But I do think it's really important that um we all wait to see what the results of the investigation are before we condemn Evander Kane, you know, uh, but, uh, there are a lot of big problems with this. If it's true, right. one, even, um, even if part of it is true, even if a small part of it is true, if, if, if he uh, was betting on his own games, uh, obviously, you know, he will be expelled from the NHL, right? Like that's, that's a given. Um, the thing that could make this even worse is if other people on the team were aware that this was happening, then we have a way, way worse situation on our hands yeah. that goes way deeper and, and wider. So I haven't seen any allegations or even whispers of that. Nope, though. I have not, but um, that's, I'm fearful of it. Sure. Now, and I'm not saying that anybody did anything wrong. I'm just saying that if they knew that it was happening, that that's still bad. You know, what I mean, so because this this I mean, this reminds us of another situation that's been in the news recently with Chicago. Right. There's these allegations, not really. I don't even know if it's really an allegation anymore that, you know, a, a trainer or a video review coach had abused players during the 2010 while they were in San Jose, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean. I hate to bring this up, but it's Mike Aldrich, who is a shark strength and conditioning coach. It's his son. I know. Who allegedly uh, did all this stuff. And that was a situation where people have said that everyone on the team knew that this was happening. And, you know, it's a slightly different thing because, you know, I guess it's not really the player's job to report this to police as it should have been done at the time. But still, that's just a really ugly situation. And you're right. This is an ugly situation with Kane that could get uglier if it turns out that, you know, in 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 our favor, hoping that no one else knew, it certainly doesn't seem like Kane is well-liked among players in San Jose. So I doubt he's having a heart-to-heart about his gambling difficulties with other players on the team because it doesn't seem like he's very well-liked. And the most recent thing that's come out is that, Players think that he should not be back with the Sharks, period. There are, you know, there are sources say, which is an interesting phrase, uh, a source says from Kevin Kurz, and I'll put on my gumshoe hat and uh, wild speculation tie and say, that's a team source who wants him out. <laughs> that may not even be a player. That might be someone on the team trying to, you know, send out a little flyer. Oh, okay, let's, let's start the process. But what do you do at this point? Like, what can you do? You buy him out? I think, I mean, if I were the Sharks, I would find a, I would find a way to suspend him without pay, right? You see some of these situations previously in the NHL and other sports. You know, players break certain terms of their contract and they don't get paid, right? This isn't a buyout situation. I think if, if you're the Sharks, you investigate all possible avenues to terminate his contract and not pay him. That you you go you go down that route first yeah. for sure. I mean, if he's allegedly betting on games, that's certainly grounds. I'm sure there's you know ethical clauses and contracts and all this other stuff. I mean, the Sharks. So here's the question: What are the chances of Andergain plays another game with the Sharks? 
Ah, gosh, dude. I mean, that's, I, I mean, 50%. Wow. 50%. I mean, it almost doesn't, to me, it almost doesn't matter what the allegations are. If it's already in the press that players don't want him back, and now it came to light that they tried to trade him, possibly overly optimistically. <laughs> Certainly that's impossible now. We can't trade him now. But I mean that's a huge culture problem on the team. I think I think you can't bring him back even if the allegations aren't true. Well, dude, I guess maybe that's not my uh my percentage isn't a reflection of what I think should happen. It's what I think's going to happen. Like right. I just don't have a lot of faith right now that the organization has a great read on what's best for the Sharks culture. I mean, they, they made, this was, we knew when, when they yeah. acquired him, yeah, that this that was, this was a, a big, a big gamble. This is a risk. This yeah. was a risk. Absolutely. A gamble. gamble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean that this was a risk. Yeah. He, this player was coming with, you know, uh, baggage of, uh, of violence and um, you know problems off the ice, and they still acquired him and and committed large term to him, right? And unfortunately, you know we're in this situation right now, uh, and I don't know, dude. I I do I do not think he should be back. I think that they need to listen to the players if that is how they feel. And that, but I don't know what you do. I don't know what what you do. I think you look into terminating his contract, if at all legally possible. But what say you can't? Then you buy him out. Then you buy him out. (laughs) Wow! So you have like you fourteen or like 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 ten years of like a three million dollar cap. It just, I mean, if they do that, that's I'm wow. You can't throw good money after bad. You just can't. You can't. Well, dude, I mean... So I- here, here's something interesting that my friend of mine uh, messaged to me uh, from, an, from an article from the Mercury from today. Goalie Aiden Hill, a restricted free agent, filed for salary arbitration on Sunday as he and the Sharks have yet to agree on a new contract. Per the NHL's collective bargaining agreement with the Players Association, when a player elects salary arbitration, it allows the team to exercise a buyout outside of the regular window if certain requirements are met. Is this a move the Sharks are encouraging, maybe, or expecting, or playing hardball such that Aiden Hill exercises salary arbitration so the Sharks can buy out of Andrew That's really interesting. And whoever wrote that to you is a genius. <laughs> but I mean, uh, that's a fascinating point. That would be smart. Yeah. I mean, so technically they are outside of the buyout window, right? And this would give them a loophole before I'm assuming the arbitration process runs its course for the Sharks to buy out. But here's the thing. Are they really going to do that without letting the process run its course and possibly not be on the hook for any of it. Well, right? so, you know, Bill Daly said that this is going to be settled by training camp. Sure. But Aiden Hill's contract will be settled way before that. Right. But I don't know exactly what the, the buyout t- timing is in, in terms of all that. Stuff. Sure. I mean, yeah. you know, th- there's, 
there's flexibility with the team before the season starts in terms of contract structure. So I don't know all those details. I'm sure someone, uh, you know, the cap friendly people probably know and stuff, but, but you know, it's, it's possible. I mean, I think you gotta, you gotta play hardball with this. If you're the sharks, you have to do this. It's you cannot throw good money after bad at this point and continue to, and continue to have them on the team. This is just, it's yeah. gone past a point. That's well, we've been talking about how since, you know, certain players have been brought into the organization, the organization has changed, right? And, you know, Evander Kane is part of that. And, you know, there's been a, a decline in production of the team and a decline in um, the watchability and likability of the team, too. And... uh yeah, dude. I mean, I, 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 I have a hard time getting excited about seeing him in Teal again, but I'm not convinced that they're going to do it. I'm not convinced. Uh, yeah, I guess for some, why am I the optimist all of a sudden? Usually, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the sky is falling guy. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it has occurred to me, and this is my optimism, wanting to be optimistic about something regarding the Sharks, and and certainly we've talked. A lot about how the culture of this team certainly seems to need a pick-me-up. And what if the problem is mostly or completely Evander Kane? And the Sharks have this golden opportunity, not so golden, but a an opportunity to get him off the roster for good. Could this fix a big part of the Sharks' culture issue? Because as we've talked about before, Eric Carlson had a lot of success in other places. It doesn't appear like he has the same kind of personal baggage. Dude. Certainly the Mike Hoffman thing, right? But Mike Hoffman seem that seems a little shaky now. Like the Mike Hoffman thing's a little shaky. Yeah, no, he's I mean, certainly bounced around. I I'm, you know, I'm purely speculating and I have no insider information on that situation whatsoever. But it certainly doesn't seem like Mike Hoffman's a guy that everyone's eager to sign because he's such a great locker room guy. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, he's struggled to find a for a player that's, you know, pretty productive to find a, a regular. Very home. productive. Sure. So that that surprises me. So I'm you know, if I put the brightest possible light on this, this might have a real stimulative effect on the rest of the team. Right? You, you you could be right. You could be right. I, I think it certainly it's not it's gonna hurt though i mean this is this was their most productive player on the stat sheet last yeah, year right yeah. that could just be off the roster either by choice or by force if you know he is found to have done wrongdoing if by force then the sharks would have the salary cap space to acquire you know a player to replace him if by their own choice then they're not going to be able to do much to try and replace his productivity but you know we'll just have to i hope it doesn't drag on forever whatever the uh you know the result is that for this team to have the best shot to be successful in a division that has seen some teams get better has seen some teams do some weird stuff yeah um and has seen some teams get worse you know uh the Sharks should be in the mix on paper for that fourth playoff spot, but you know it's not like it's a shoe in like it used to be. I don't think Evander Kane would bet on it right now. For the <laughs> well, you know what, dude? I will say as we end this with a little bit of positivity. Well, I do have a meta question though. Yeah, I, I have a meta question. Okay, 
Why is this not the biggest story in the NHL? Because there's no facts. Yeah. I mean, there's it's no... Just, it's, it's, it's wild allegation yeah. from a... Uh, These are... ob- obviously upset and hurt party, yes. counterparty, and yes. his wife, as he says, soon to be ex-wife. Yeah, I guess you're right. There's it, no facts um, right now. There's, And it would just be sort of engaging in a tabloid gossip yeah, situation. There's salacious Instagram posts right. that are very damning, if they're true. If true. But, you know, I could write a bunch of stuff about you on Instagram right now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so... Um, it's not good given his history. It's easy to buy into it. Whether it's true or not, to your point, there's clearly a problem here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and he is a problem. You know what I mean? Like yes, he's a problem. There's no question about it. And this, you know, team that sort of had a, you know, n- none of these guys are perfect, but they certainly had a similar, you know feeling around them that like the San Francisco Giants have. These are like guys who seem to be like, you know, Joe Thornton, like, you know, Patrick Marlowe. These are like good guys, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and, yeah. and I'm not saying those guys are perfect and maybe there's stuff about all these guys that we don't ever care to know, right? But externally, it seems good, right? Um, it certainly didn't have the baggage before or now that Evander Kane has. But, dude. Dude? On a positive note. Oh, good. The Sharks may have gotten the biggest steal in the NHL draft. Yes, that's true. And I know nothing about these prospects, but I'm so happy to admit that I was wrong, that my fears did not come true. We mentioned that we were very fearful the Sharks would go off the board, get some random player that we... You know, was expected to go in the 30s or something. And no, they got a player that some people ranked as the number one prospect in the draft a few months ago. I was puckered. I'll admit, like <laughs> watching the draft when Eklund was sitting there. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Like you do not, do not mess this up. This is a layup. This is easy. It makes you nervous that for some reason he seemed to fall in other teams' eyes. But the Sharks said that he was their second-rated player on the board. And when he fell to them, it was an easy decision. This is, by all accounts, an elite skill, high-ceiling player that could be an all-star, game-changing forward for the Sharks for years. And instantly their best prospect. Instantly. And, you know, another thing that I like about it, which is a fun story in the moment, but there was kind of an interesting Joe Thornton moment with Eric Carlson that I appreciated. Sure, yeah. Right? Because you always hear these stories about Joe Thornton going and picking up new players at the airport at midnight and taking them home and stuff. But (laughs) That sounds like a serial killer. Yeah, right? (laughs) I mean, in a different context, it would be. But apparently, you know, uh, Eklund's on a Zoom call with the press, and... Who jumps on the Zoom call? Eric Carlson starts chatting him up, talking to him in Swedish. Like I like that gesture. Yeah, I really absolutely. like it. Yeah. No. No. That's so. For that's sure. The, I mean, maybe he was just trash talking about. I don't know. No. No. I don't speak Swedish. I, that but was a pot. You know. I like that. I like listen, that a lot. We want. We we want. We want. We want to love Eric Carlson. We want absolutely. You know, we want him to be incredibly successful. It's been a tough start, right? So. Maybe some 
you know, injection of an, a fellow Swede, you know, right. will, uh, you know, give him a little bit of a, you know, extra oomph. I don't know, dude. But, I hope so. But uh, you're right. Not, but get some good positivity to end the show, dude. Yeah. I appreciate I, that. I was really, I think that is probably the the best thing that's happened. Is yes. that that draft pick could have some real positive uh impact not this year no uh, no but, one thinks he'll but, be in the you NHL know this year. It, that in the near future i think you know this could be a player that we're you know all fighting to get his jersey you know so uh, excited about that N- named after our favorite rumor blogger eklund <laughs> there you have it Great, great reference, dude. Thank you. Yeah, there you have it. All right, dude. Well, so much interesting stuff about the Sharks. I'm sure all these situations, well, at least the Kane situation, will be evolving as it goes, and we'll be back to talk about it again next time. In the meantime, go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.